Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's That Podcast. My name is Pastor DJ Learn. With me, as always, is Sarah DeYoung. And strangely enough, no, with Ryan. us, not always, yeah. is Ryan Janky. You know, he said that last week, and I was about to send in a correction myself because we've We've been kind of all over the map right. the past couple weeks. Almost always joining us, though, today is the pastor, Mark Soljum. Welcome, Mark. We're so happy to have uh, you. Almost today. always. A, I, I'm a, I'm the... Uh, Paul wanted to be the cheap fill-in, but I must be the Ryan fill-in then. <laughs> yeah, if Paul's the DJ fill-in, I'm the Ryan fill-in. And because of that, I've been working on riveting just oh, so that I can... Really you know, I wanted to be prepared, so I spent four hours last night just working on that. Well, it, it, just be careful. He may have trademarked, copyrighted that uh, at Ooh. some point. You owe so. me a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just get a knock on your door next week. Cease and desist. Men, men in black with, uh, with, uh, with briefcases yep. coming to my door. Yeah. How so, exciting. So what have you guys been up to? How's life? Busy. Isn't it, though? Yeah. I always feel like it hits August time, and it's like back everything's yeah. back and full speed yeah when's summer gonna start uh you know it seems like it's just been it's just been going go 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 mm-hmm. uh, i just got back from the twin cities because uh my oldest Addie was in uh charlotte for the last week seeing some old friends and lo and behold all the all the planes decided they didn't want to fly anymore so yeah, i'm a little nervous <laughs> because i just booked a ticket through you did said airline. Yeah, we're not, a vacation let, coming up. Let's not name the airline. Yeah. We might get in trouble. But it was oh, it was beep. Yeah, <laughs> I know that airline. Don't want to name the airlines. Let's just yeah. call it an American airline. <laughs> and uh, she, um, you know, I've had good luck flying with one that's named after a current COVID uh, variant. Yes. Uh, uh, strangely enough, it's a bad a bad disease to get, but a good airline to fly. Well, um, and I think I think next time we're going to have to go down that variant mm. um, and give that one a shot. So, you know, once once she got on the plane, it was smooth sailing, uh, but it took it took two days because they had to cancel everything and just just a, a series of unfortunate events bringing it all together. Was she stuck at the airport then or was she just like stuck in Charlotte. She was just in Charlotte. She got oh. to spend one more day with her friends. So she called them up. They came and got her. They got so her you're luggage. Saying it really wasn't that yeah. bad for her. No, no. Just uh, for a for a 16 year old for the first time discovering what it means to adult mm-hmm. in the midst scary. of <laughs> in the midst of change. Yep. She did everything right. I mean, she called me up. She's like, well, "What do I do?" And while we were on the phone, she figured out what to do and nice. did it and booked her own flight. And um, that's like a proud papa moment, isn't right? it? It's like I trained her up right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out you go. Like, I'm willing to help, but, you know, if you figure it out yourself, hey, I can retire. I'm just a sounding board at that point. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, hey, I, I'm opening up the app, and there's giving me options for another flight. I'm like, do it. Oh, the next flight is canceled. Okay, what's after that? Uh, one tomorrow night. Do that one. Okay, booked. It's done. I'm calling nice. my friends. Mm-hmm. I'll see you, see you tomorrow night. Nice. So, I, unfortunately... Uh, uh, got to hang out in the same clothes that I was wearing because I drove down to the Twin Cities to pick her up, and it didn't make a whole lot of sense to make the trip across the border a second time. See, this is where you and I differ because <laughs> I happen to know that you were in a town that has a Target. And I also <laughs> happen to know that one could take that opportunity to, A, buy a pack of underwear. Sure. I mean, because you never have enough underwear, right? Sure. Um, but then, two, they have those lovely Star Wars T-shirts right there. Not I mean, what a missed opportunity. A target. I, I think believe just, there's multiple. Well, I think it, well, it is yes. the land O target. <laughs> yeah. And I think it just goes to show um, I'm identifying myself as such a cheapskate <laughs> that I will buy a travel size toothpaste, a travel size toothbrush, mm, a travel yeah. size arm deodorant. 
but I'm going to wear the same stinky clothes for two, three days. <laughs> so you spent $2 to survive is what exactly. you're saying. Exactly. Whereas I would have been at probably 20. So yeah, a little, little, little steep for me, a little high, but I would have been fresh. Yes. Fresh Absolutely. and sporting a new Star hey, Wars t-shirt. It could be worse. You could fall into the goes to Target. There goes $100. Uh, that happens to us it, quite frequently. It, yes, like it does. falling down the well. Yes. Yeah, you just walk in and basically say, here's all my yep. money. You give me what Tell you think me I what should I have. Need. Yeah. You know, when you walk to the till and they say, uh, hey, did you find everything you need? I always say yes. And then about 14 other right. things. Mm-hmm. So. Now, do you have the Target red card? Yeah, we use, uh, we've got the red card, the debit one that comes out of our checking account, but then I've also got the app. So yeah. your target circle. Yeah. So I just, I just put my thumb on the thing and it brings up a nice little barcode and they scan it and nice. away you go. I feel so high tech. That is. We should get sponsored after this little chat. Don't you think so? <laughs> Brought to you I mean, by Target. Target. Airlines, Target. Mm-hmm. Who else? Who else wants to? Yeah. We also have a dog that we've named Spot. <laughs> And he will sell you things in one section for under $5. There you go. Did you ever notice the dollar aisle is not really a dollar anymore? No. You ever notice the dollar store is not a This is true as well. Yeah. You go in thinking everything's a dollar and it's like $5.99. Exactly. False advertising. What has this world come to? Back in my day. Well, Mm. because everything in there costs a dollar to make. And then they raise the price for you to purchase it or something like that. Well, you know, got her home. Got got to shower, shave, put on clean clothes. Thank you for that. Yep, and uh, and got to get back in here, and so it's yeah. it's been been crazy, crazy. Just that's been my life for like the last ten days of just running, running, running. So I imagine you're in the same boat. If you're like, Ugh, yeah, just the and then school starting. What two uh, weeks, three weeks? Yeah, my, yeah. my October if you go to Minnesota. My college bound <laughs> yeah, my college bound daughter is uh headed back in about 2 weeks, so. Mhm. She excited to go back? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, this year last year was her freshman year and um, you know, it was all COVID and it was pretty uh, uh not a freshman year that I would want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but she made it and she did a great job. And, uh, now she's looking for more of a normal college experience, which I hope she'll, she'll, uh, get roommate and all. So nice. yeah, that's great. Yeah. That is great. I mean, where else are you going to, you know, learn things if you don't, uh, you know, have that college experience. So, mm-hmm. or that out of the house experience, right. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be college. We always going to say just yeah. on your own, mm-hmm. on your own. That, that life Although experience. we did get a lot of the, uh, uh, how does the, you know, how do I do laundry questions and some of those basic ones you don't think about until you actually leave the house. Right. Like, this doesn't run like ours does. Right, right. This yeah. Is totally, and, and what are these slots for? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why are people carrying around quarters? Yeah. <laughs> Why does it cost $3 just to wash and dry one load of clothes? Mm, it do does you, at home too, yeah. <laughs> but mom and dad yeah. take care of that bill. Do you remember when quarters were more valuable than gold there's there's two times in my life where that was everything when i was probably between seven and nine i would want to get my hands on any quarter i could find because the uh, burger joint across the street from my house in the small town that i grew up in called grumpy's had video games grumpy's grumpy's is the name of the place yeah grumpy's burgers yeah what are you gonna do i don't know probably just run a (laughs) burger joint or something (laughs) So I would want any quarters I could get. I'd be over there playing Pac-Man or Donkey mm. Kong or anything. You couldn't find a quarter in our house. And then when I was out on my own and had to do laundry for the first time, it suddenly 
stacks of quarters are what mattered because mm-hmm. that's how you get the machines to run to wash your yep. clothes. I remember when I was a kid, the big thing was um, the like state quarters. You bought the like bifold big map and you put the, oh, when yeah. they came out, you put it in. Because they was, had special ones for each state. Yeah, right. and they were super cool. Like from when I was probably like five to 12 and my grandpa would like always make sure my sister and I got them. It was cool. Yeah. And then it became, and then it, you know, yep, we got them all cool. <laughs> Went and lived underneath my bed. And then it came in really handy when I like moved out into my own apartment in college because then it was like, well, need quarters. You got a lot Thankfully, of quarters. I've there. got $25 worth of quarters now. <laughs> so you're saying you used all of your state quarters <laughs> I did. to do laundry? Yep. Oh, man. It was something you could pass on to your grandkids. It was also really big, though, and <laughs> I, well, I, I got lectured at one point by yeah. my parents because I Because you used the state quarters. Well, and I failed between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas to do my laundry. I just bought a couple more clothes and whatnot to sure. hold me over. <laughs> so so for you the, didn't take what DJ's oh, route no. is. Yes, <laughs> and, you went to Target. Uh, for the two <laughs> weeks that I was home, my poor mother did all of my, like, six bags wow. of clothes I brought home and yep. they were not impressed with my ability to hold through and not do laundry. <laughs> so as you're very proud of yeah, yourself, I was like, they're shaking this. their I heads made like, like four weeks without having to do laundry. <laughs> you should not be proud of that. There are things growing in the first yep, pile at yep. this point. Boy, oh boy. Well, um, wanted to uh, do something a little different today. We're going to have a, a nice little section of DJ's House of Theological Nitwittery. So official theme song? I, it is now. So um, we need like a ukulele filled theme song for you. That I have great. a ukulele. We Do just you? have to come oh. up with something. Well, Does that surprise so. you that I own a ukulele? I'm, I'm not too surprised by that yeah. at all. But in my head, I picture ukulele in one of those harmonica things. Oh, with the harmonica straps. Yeah, I'm not blues head. traveler oh, or anything. Okay. So dated Bells reference there. If you're not a Generation X, <laughs> look up blues traveler kids. Blues it's on. It's on YouTube. Well, so anyway, uh, I asked both of you to think a little bit about uh, questions of the faith because all, you know, theology, all it is, is really how we talk about God. And so um, the question that I posed to, to Sarah and Mark had to do with is things like... Is there a like, whole awesome section, you know, like... We could certainly talk about like, that. There's an awesome section of theology <laughs> as how we talk about God. <laughs> Nice. It's like Paul's in the room, but he's not in the room. Yeah, right, That's right, Pastor right. Paul Cross, if you're <laughs> yep. first-time listener. So what are things that, like, um, when you talk about God, what, what are things that really just, just speak to you? Like, what is, what, is the, what is the heart of the matter as to why you're a Christian? Why do you believe what you believe? What do you think the purpose of the church is? Who is God to you? I mean, where do you want to start? Lot of questions. I, well, I know. I'm I wish I was taking notes there. Yeah, I was like, the whoa, there was a list. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Where's the rewind button for this? Listeners, now's a good chance to pop back 30 seconds mm-hmm. if you're taking notes. Yeah, that's right. Hit that 15 loop on Spotify twice. There you go. We were talking earlier about, you know, getting, getting to the heart of things. For a lot of people, it's, it's getting down to, like, the golden rule. Mm. You know, treat others as you would have them treat you, right? Um, but Jesus actually raises the bar even on the golden rule when he talks about what's the most important commandment. And, you know, you summed it up earlier with a great phrase. And so I'm just going to hand it over to you and, and be like, is that 
what's most important? Um, the first commandment that Jesus says and the one that's just like it? Well, you know, um, I, I was thinking the other day, I was listening to another podcast, which I shall not name because they haven't paid me for advertising. Uh, you're, you're, you're listening to this podcast rather than that podcast? Yes, this and that and the other one. The other one. Yeah. And I, I mean, they were talking about how we should um, relate to our neighbor. And ironically, the question sort of came down to... Um, how far do I need to go? You know, how far do I need to, to push that? And uh, it, it totally reminded me of, like, you're talking about the Good Samaritan story. You're talking about who is my neighbor mm-hmm. um, and how far, or how many times do I have to forgive my brother? And, and do I have to forgive them seven times? Or, and Jesus is like, seven times 70, you, you know, just keep on going. Mm-hmm. And uh, um. It, it just reminded me of that. And so uh, from Matthew 22, um, a Pharisee came up and, you know, they're trying to put Jesus in a box and they're trying to sort of uh, uh, define some boundaries so that they can understand uh, what are the things that I need to do to be saved. And so he asks him, uh, one of them, a lawyer. Um, and I don't think it's the same kind of lawyer as we have now. Maybe you can shed some light on that someday, but. Um, I think it's, they're an expert on the law. The um, law, yes. A year for the law. Which so. would be the Hebrew law, the not Hebrew necessarily, law. yes. The, the Mosaic law, the 612 laws of the yes. Hebrew writings. All right. Do they do they come with power suits as well? I wonder cases? if they did. I, I bet they did. I think they had longer um, tassels. Oh. That was kind of the mark. Good. So he says, uh, he asked him a question to test him, which I always think is interesting. Like, oh, you're going to test Jesus. That's not going to go well. (laughs) Teacher, which do you think, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the, and this is Jesus, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. Every schoolboy at that time would have known that. That was just something that you raised up with it, you know, that was, um, that was taught to you from very early age. So that's an easy sort of rote answer. And then he says, and the second commandment is, uh, this is the great and first commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love the, love your neighbor as yourself. On those two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't say, like you said, he raised the bar. He doesn't say you shall uh, treat your neighbor like you want him to treat you. Um, he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's a higher bar. Mm-hmm. So... It's it's an interesting thing to me because um, we here at Atonement have a little tagline uh, on all of our material. It says, love God and love people. And that came about just because uh, of this very this very conversation that Jesus was having with a lawyer, um, that we are to love God and we are to love uh, others as ourselves. And so if it can be summed up with that, maybe we should put that on our stuff to remind us mm-hmm. about that. But what does that look practically? I mean, that's yeah. the that's the big question, right? I mean, I, what does I, that look like to you practically? I think as an idea, most people can look at that and say, yeah, that makes sense. Love God, love people. Mm-hmm. It, it it really becomes... Kind of like gut milk. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's there's like an easy, like if you... And, and this is where the law falls apart. The law says, if you do these things. Mm-hmm. But sometimes things don't fit neatly into those categories. So... What does it look like to love my neighbor? Well, that becomes really situational for each person. Um, 
I think I think it in a general sense, loving your neighbor means that you don't want harm to come to your neighbor. But I think we've also made love a rather fickle thing. Um, love often seems like it means tolerate, tolerating your neighbor's suffering. You know, it's it, and tolerance is a good thing too. But tolerance is not love. Love is is seeing your neighbor's needs and wants, seeing their suffering, and choosing to take it upon yourself. That's that's what I think of when you talk about loving your neighbor. Um, it's it's deeper. It's relational. It's not it's it's not just like like you mentioned earlier. It's in the story story of the Good Samaritan. You had two good people also see this guy in the gutter, but more likely you're thinking things like, "Well, I didn't I didn't do this to this person, and and mm-hmm. I need to go." Or the other one worrying about if that person's dead and I touch them then I become unclean and I can't serve the rest of the community as a, as a Levite, you know? Both of them very sort of uh, self-centered. Um, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not, I mean, we think the same way. So Exactly. Uh, but, it, but when you look at it, their responses were, how is this going to affect me? Right. And so they thought of themselves first. And when, when you also think about who is the Good Samaritan, I mean, that would be like Jesus saying, I'm going to tell you a story about a good Nazi or I'm going to tell you a story about a good, like who's, who's a current enemy, <laughs> you know, someone really bad mm-hmm. that you know is bad. There's no question about it. the good terrorist, right? The story is not so much about we should is that be a little like, children's book. The good little the good, terrorist. The good little terrorist. The, the story isn't so, because the way Jesus words it at the end, he says, which one of these was a neighbor to this man? And they, the guy wouldn't even say it. He wouldn't even say the Samaritan. He would say the one who helped him. The one who showed him mercy. The one yeah. who showed him mercy. Yeah, he wouldn't say his name. And so I think that we can even make loving your neighbor into a have-to that we're trying to accomplish in order to earn, in order to fulfill this, right? Yep. But it's Jesus isn't making the point that you have to be like the good Samaritan. What he's pointing out is, what the good Samaritan did is a bad person does the right thing when he sees his neighbor in deed, mm-hmm. uh, in need. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. Um, and I think that when we talk about loving neighbor, when it starts with loving God, well, it's, it's almost like a why wouldn't you? It, it, it's, it doesn't make sense. Because you love God and because God loves you, why wouldn't you want to love your neighbor that God puts in your midst? Does that, does that make sense? It's not easy. It's not, it's not something that becomes, okay, well, I'm, I, I went over to my neighbor's house and I brought them a loaf of bread and I went over and did this and I, you know, uh, shoveled my neighbor's lawn. It doesn't work that way. It's much more spontaneous and relational. Well, and I think it's hard too, because you, like you said, with the list, you can't have like an agenda of like, okay, and if I do these six things, then I get my brownie point towards heaven or anything like that. Right. Well, and, and so that's what makes it sort of ironic. You described the lawyer as someone who is an expert on the, on the, the 600 plus laws, um, of the, of the Jewish scripture. So he was an expert on exactly what needed to be done and not done. Um, and I'm going to throw you a soft, uh, a softball, uh, uh, pitch there. All right. You got a button for that on your soundomatic machine. Is that, is that the soft pitch I, you're I'm sending? I'm not sure what that was, <laughs> to be honest. It's open for like a baseball thing. Oh, Here, try this one. Yeah. Well, there we go. Okay, that works too. Um, it really is sort of, uh, I mentioned this just as we were, before we came on, that this is really um, 
some of our, this is a very simple statement, but it's guided by some of our deeper theological convictions that we have about the nature of God, um, the nature of, of our sin, how we are reconciled to God, and then our response. Mm-hmm. Right? So, uh, and if I was smart, I would have written those down because sometimes my brain's like, wow, where did I go? Um, That's why we're recording this mm-hmm. for posterity. Oh, you yeah, go back so, and be like, the spirit was speaking because I have no idea what I just said right yeah. now. <laughs> or everybody's like, wow, Mark's a little scattered brain today. No, so the, the nature of God, God... So we were reading, uh, I'm going to take another step back. We were reading a book um, called uh, um, Jesus the King mm-hmm. by Timothy Keller. Great book. I'd like to recommend it to yep. uh, anybody that wants a little bit sort of, it's not, it's very approachable, I it's think. It's a great book. Um, but uh, uh, well explained. And he's talking about the nature of the Trinity, of God himself, the Godhead, uh, uh, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit being in constant uh, movement is uh, a dance is how he described it. And so uh, uh, the Godhead being in constant movement and not, and so the, the, um, because of all that love and joy that they had within themselves, they were Mm self-sufficient. They are, God is self-sufficient. It's hard to talk about the Trinity because we just can't wrap our head around it. But so God doesn't need anything. Um, but God has all of this love and creativity that overflows in the creation of the universe. And if you look around the universe, uh, or if you go back to whatever podcast it was we were talking about, aliens, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, the, the universe is vast. And and the more you look at it, the more you go, wow, that's cool. Um, and uh, um, so all of that spills over. So God doesn't need anything from us. Yeah. So other religions would say, well, you know, God needs this from you right. or demands this from you. God doesn't need anything from us. God wants a relationship with us. What's interesting in what you just said there is that that is so different from um, when Christianity came on the scene and even Judaism before it, the thought about God is that there's not just one God, there's many gods and they demand all kinds of things from you. Right. And that humans were created to be their servants or yeah. Or, or, or that the gods were fickle Mm -hmm. and very human, very anthropogenic in their, the way that they engage with each other and with humanity. I mean, you have Zeus who's running around chasing, you know, human maidens and Apollo who's going to strike you dead. If you don't, if you don't uh, put the right incense on his altar, that kind of stuff. And then you hear the God of the Bible breaking in, in in the same time frame. I mean, the God of the Old Testament, as recorded, is older than really the recordings and understandings of the Greek gods before Greece came into its eminence. You had the God of Abraham before that, um, engaging in, in, in the Mesopotamian world where polytheism the gods and the spirits around you demand things on you. And if you don't figure out what they want, they're going to, they're going to smite you dead. You have this God of the old Testament, even in the first five books of the Bible, or even the oldest book in the Bible, Job, who, even though he's God and he's just, he's also loving and merciful. And that was, that's a complete 180 from the world view of what deities were like. You know, what I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, and even in the Bible, the first warning is that the sin of humanity is that you want to be your own gods. 
which is exactly what is 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 projected upon the polytheistic religions of every background, um, whether it was Middle Eastern, whether it was it was uh, European. Um, Heck, some religions you can become your own god if you I, mm-hmm. just you know climb climb the ladder the right way. Yeah, and that's and that's always the old temptation because at the heart of it, what is it's it? a good thing that I'm not going to become a God. Cause I think I'd be spiteful. <laughs> of course you would be, you know, uh, cause you're God. Why not? Yeah. Be? Yes. Bring me my pudding cup. <laughs> so. But it's, it's like, um, chocolate, please. There's this, there's this innate desire in all of us to want to be in control of our own destiny and the destiny of those around us. Well, that's the original sin wanting to be your it, own God. It, it, that, that leads us right to the story of, of Adam and Eve, right? Yep. Yep. God, God places them in the garden. He wants to have a relationship with them. He gives them a beautiful place to live, animals to watch over, a purpose. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I think we could do it better ourselves. Yeah. And the narrative of ancient mythological writings as compared to the Bible, the Bible speaks very harmoniously with how you described the Trinity. And that's God's... God's behavior and God's nature from the get-go of being in relationship. Now, God's still God, mm-hmm. and we're not, and there's the reality of that. But even in God's judgment, the judgment usually comes as a consequence of the decisions that sinners make. Yeah. And God is then working to deliver, unite. Yes, we want God to back. be righteous and just. Yeah. I, uh, that. That wouldn't be it. Wouldn't be God if God wasn't righteous and just right. along those lines. But it's that it's that grace piece and that relational piece that always really just strikes me uh, in the Bible. That that always seems to be God's alien work is to be just, is to be wrathful. God's God's real work is to be in relationship with His creation and to redeem it. Um, and that's not reflective of other religions at the time as. Christianity emerged, and as as Judaism emerged, mm-hmm. you know, in that time frame of about a thousand years, um, that's an amazing thing to me. Well, and and I th- would say Christianity is still unique in uh, what God wants as a response from us. Um, it, what God wants a response from us is um, to be back in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, our response is not, Hey, you should climb the ladder. Um, I've got these tasks for you to do so that you can be a better person and be worthy of me. Um, God's response is I, I died for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can reestablish that relationship because mm-hmm. that's what God wants. They wants, um, to heal that relationship, wants to restore that relationship and just wants what any parent wants, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, any good parent for the, the child to, to love them um, as deeply as as the parent loves the child. Yep. And so um, that first half, love God, is what we're called to do, and God has made a way for him to do that. And then um, um, because that love can wash over us, and here's the point where a lot of Christian denominations will see it a little bit differently than our branch will, than our stream of, of theology will. Um, they will. They will say, that's great. You know, everything's reestablished. Now here's your to-do list. Um, and, um, y- you know, and I, you know, it may be there's certain personality types that are like, good, then I know where I stand. Sure. Um, but what sure. God is saying there is, hey, it's been, this relationship's been reestablished. Um, now I want that love to wash over you and affect others. And I agree completely. Once that love washes over you, then you're like, wow, I, you know what? I, 
I don't have to have the the nicest house on the block. Um, I can save some of that money and buy a little bit less of a house, and I can share it with my neighbor. I can um, I can establish a uh, a community outreach event where we pack food. Uh, feed my starving children commercial <laughs> where we pack food to give away to people that need it. Um, yeah. I can share something with, with my neighbor that doesn't need it. And if that was on a list, um, I don't know that that would change the world or even your own heart. Right. But that love washing over you, that'll change your heart. I think, I, I think you just, you really hit it because that love, love God, the relationship is established. Love people then does not become a mandate as a have to, mm-hmm. but rather, if you really love God and you know God's love for you, why wouldn't you want to have your eyes be like the eyes of God's and see the love that God has for your neighbor? You know, the best person, the best people I love to hang out with are not the ones that are like, oh, look, we have someone over to our house. I suspect we probably have to provide them breakfast and they have a list of things. You know, then it's a burden. Yeah. And they may be doing it, but they're not doing it joyfully. And so you feel the burden, but someone that's just sort of like, oh, I'm so happy that you're here. And I'm, you know, and you're like, stop, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Stop it. You know, you've stayed with those people. Oh, and, yeah. and it's like, that's a totally different thing. Where there's a joy in, in service then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and it, you, what a better way to live, in yeah. my opinion, than to worry about, because if I'm constantly worrying about if I'm doing my list, um, that just sucks the life and joy out of that. Um, so the, the reformers in the, um, I think it's in the formula of Concord talk about how, Oh, good. I was hoping we'd talk <laughs> yeah, about we, the, oh, formula let's go to the formula of Concord. Of Concord. <laughs> so the formula of Concord is, this. I was reading from Matthew, but oh, okay. you know, it's good. Let's go there. <laughs> it's actually, get the book out. Yes. It, it's actually in pretty much most of Martin Luther's writings. As what well you can't as see on the, on the podcast right now is DJ is surrounded by Lutheran's, <laughs> Luther's works right behind us. I, I'm fibbing slightly. <laughs> Studio audience. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, go, go back to your point there. Actually, I'm, I'm actually, back on point. Actually, I think Mark was more like this. <laughs> and Sarah's like this. It's just part of my personality. Right. Back on it. What, Squirrel, what, I was saying what was is that? that? Okay, <laughs> we're back. What this is is, is um, kind of a, a, a practical understanding of the distinction between law and gospel. The gospel frees you to be the new person God made you to be and to spontaneously love your neighbor. But God's will is going to be done one way or another. And if it's not going to be done spontaneously out of love to your joy and to your neighbor's benefit, it's going to be a have to because God wants your neighbor to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a burden rather than a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, The freedom of the gospel is that it's not that you have to love God and you have to love people. That's the law. The gospel frees you to be in relationship with God and therefore in relationship with people because God wants to be in relationship with people and include you in that. So it becomes something that's joyful rather than something that's a burden. And the the reformers always made that distinction to say either the sinner is going to be compelled to do God's will, whether they like it or not, or the saint is going to be called to engage in the fruits of the spirit. And it, it seems like a, it, it's a theological distinction, but in practical terms, it's the difference between serving your neighbor out of obligation and loving your neighbor as 
um, as a want to, as a joy. Well, and I think the temptation is that we constantly turn it back into a, where do I stand? You know, mm-hmm. it, it, did I do enough? Uh, I just want to make sure that I'm covered. Yeah. And the, the freedom that Paul talks about is, guess what? It's done. It's covered. Just stop worrying. Go out there and joyfully serve. You, you know, have you ever... Uh, so why do we need to hear it again and again and again? <laughs> hey, What's you wrong know, with us? You know, if if I got one broken record, you, you, you joked at one point with me that you have one sermon. Sure. If I have one sermon, it's that. Yeah. It's that right there. Stop yeah. trying to earn it. God did it. <laughs> Just go out and be joyful. Um, quit it. Um, it's like... Uh, let's imagine two couples that have been married for 50 years. That's a long time. Uh, As Paul said, a, a, a long journey at close range. Uh, That's right. Um, So imagine two couples that have been married for 50 years and um, one couple has done it out of obligation that, you know what? I, I committed to those vows and I'm going to stick with it Mm -hmm. um, till death do us part. Mm -hmm. And um, there's, and, I'm now. I'm waiting for death to come. Yes, or, and then you, <laughs> yes, and it can't song? come soon enough. Yes, death. <laughs> death would be a sweet release, apparently. And then you, you, you know, you you spot that other couple that's been married fifty years, and they just look at each other, and it melts your heart. Yeah, and you're like, oh, now I'm gonna get verklempt. Talk about amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, no, now you know. Now you can see the difference in that that just attitude, yeah. and that's I think what the whole point of what Jesus is saying. And maybe that's why he's so mad at the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you, you understand the law, but, but uh, uh, you know, you sucked the life out of it. it yeah. It's like... You know the letter of the law, but you've lost the spirit. It's true. It's true. So um, when I was a kid, uh, there used to be a place called Mr. Steak. Uh, oh, I remember Mr. Steak. And Mr. Steak here when you got here? I don't think so. It, it, oh, you and it was out. a It was a... I don't know if it was fancy or not. I was eight, but it was a <laughs> it was a steakhouse, right? And I got to go one time. I didn't always get to go because, you know, when you're eight, you don't always get a fancy meal. Right. But I went one time and we went with my grandparents and my parents and myself. And my dad and my grandfather both ordered the same steak. My grandfather ordered his well done mm-hmm. and my dad ordered his medium rare. And the same exact steak showed up, but man, they were different. Oh, yeah. And- oh, yeah. And I don't know if this is a great analogy or not, but it works in my head. Just think about the difference of those two steaks. Which one do you think caused more joy for the eater? Right. <laughs> like you could go through life making sure that that checklist is done, or you could go through life in a wash of God's grace and forgiveness and joyfully serve. And that's life-changing to me. Yeah. And plus it tastes great too. <laughs> yes, it does. I'm assuming you're talking about the, uh, the rare steak is the good one. Uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a medium rare guy, but yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. I, you I, know, I worked at a, a steakhouse when I was in yes, college and, and, uh, good people would, yeah, people would order them black and blue, uh, which basically meant, you know, warm it up a little bit and then bring it to right, me. Right, right. And I was always like, Ooh, that's a little bit, a little <laughs> bit too rare for me. A little suspect at that point when yes, you're chewing in the my, rubber. My children would say that would be sus. So. <laughs> Well, that's great. Well, Sarah, I'm going to turn to you because you've been quietly looking at us and shaking your head and shaking your fists and so as, on. Do you have a... As I've been talking wildly about steaks yeah. and old couples. And I just had leftover spaghetti for lunch. Now I'm like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. I think the medium yeah. rare is easier to eat too if you don't have teeth. I'm just saying. <laughs> it has not there been tested, to be said but... About that. <laughs> yeah. But is there anything that, that uh, you want to add to... Anything you want to say? 
I think my, well, this might bring us down a rabbit hole and we're going to have to wrap up soon, but this yeah. might be a good lead way for uh, next week to continue being yeah. DJ's house uh, of theological yeah. uh, nitwittery. I don't have the sticker in front of me. Here, let me play the theme music again. That's stolen right from a 1950s cartoon kids show, I think. But is it <laughs> is it in public domain? Otherwise, I'm going to be in big Pro- trouble. Well, I hope so. I don't know. Was that was that product made in, in the... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I got it from you. Republic of Shaitan. <laughs> <laughs> little inside uh, I bought, note here. This sound machine is, is Mark's, and I think you've had it for a long time. Uh, believe it or not, I bought that at Target. Did oh, you really? Yes. Did you get 5% off? Full circle right back <laughs> there. Back to the beginning. My only question would be, so, because I know that, you know, there are a lot of people who have a hard time loving themselves. How do you... How do you translate then loving your neighbor when you don't see yourself in the best light yeah. or lens? I, 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 I will say something that comes to my mind first because I already mentioned it to Mark that, and I don't know if I expressed it correctly, but when you know that God loves you, loving your neighbor doesn't become a have to. It becomes if my heavenly father loves them, then I want to love them like him. Just like... Mm-hmm just like a, a parent child relationship. If you have a good parent child relationship, which is really, it's a, it's a, it's an image of what the heavenly relationship of God creator to creation is to be that God is like a loving parent, but a thousand times greater, you know, what my dad desires or what my mom desires are things that I find me also wanting and, mm-hmm. and needing and desiring like their concerns become my concerns. When your relationship with God and you know how much God loves you, God's concerns become your concerns. If you're having, tr- yeah, I, I totally agree with you. If you're having troubles loving yourself, it's because you haven't realized how uh, how important you are to your heavenly Father. Right, and that's that's the other piece too. That because God loves you, suddenly your value becomes not in your personal self-worth, your personal identity, even what you think of how you're made or so on. If, if your starting point becomes that I'm a child of God made in the image of God and that God loves me like a loving parent should, and even if you come from a broken home, that can be a place of great comfort and blessing to allow you to then conform your life to God's intentions, God's worldview for the world rather than anything else but we're constantly being bombarded with different worldviews telling us how to think what to think what gives value what mm-hmm. what gives life joy and meaning and so on and all of it ends up falling short except for this relationship with with god the one true god who truly loves you and when that hits home it really does change everything so well you know the the we went on vacation and uh, when we were driving around in our family minivan, uh, I spotted these, uh, uh, it was a Corvette convention that happened to be out in the South Dakota Black Hills at the same time. And so we're driving around in our, in our Honda minivan, which I love, it's a great vehicle, but then there are like 10 Corvettes that passed us with their roofs off and people <laughs> are like, oh, and they were enjoying and the hair was whipping through their hair, or the wind was whipping through their hair. Their hair was whipping through their wind? Something like yes. that. And I thought, man, uh, wouldn't I feel feel fulfilled if I was able to do that? Right. And I think 
um, there's a piece of us that is always sort of longing for something. And I think we spend our whole lives trying to figure out what that is that, that will fill that hole. We try and fill it with stuff. Mm-hmm. We try and fill it with uh, entertainment. We try and fill it with experiences. We try and fill it with uh, uh, people. Uh, you know, we try and fill it with uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, all to try and satisfy that longing that we just can't figure out. But that longing is actually a longing for the love of Christ, the love mm-hmm. of God in our lives. And um, I think if you're having troubles loving yourself, it's probably... Um, that relationship needs to be established or trusted, yep. um, you know, and and uh, and it grows as you trust in it more, and it changes you. And fancy word for the day: uh, you are sanctified uh, as you uh, trust in that relationship. So some will turn sanctification into, you know, God is making me better every day, or I'm making myself better for God. But really, in my mind, sanctification is just like, wow, you've hung out with God a long time, and you right. sort of smell like God more and more every <laughs> right, day. Right, right, right. Yeah? I you love know, that. like uh, they, they say that uh, uh, married couples become more and more like each other every day, and they think like each other. As your relationship with God grows, um, you're sanctified, and you start thinking like God more. Yeah, yeah. So. I like... Um uh, Stephen Paulson, Gerhard Purdy. The moment Christ tackles you, you spend the rest of your life getting used to the fact that you have a Savior. Mm. That's that's sanctification. Yeah, getting used to the fact that God loves you, and it's like really me, you really love me. And I think that has a way of changing a person's self worth to be free to not only live in the love of God, but like themselves, and then finally love themselves. Hey, so if you're listening you. right now. And you're thinking to yourself, I don't know if I love myself. Just realize that God has created you mm-hmm. just as you are. God's not asking you to change to, to be worthy of his love. God is offering his love right now. So if you're sitting there right now, let me just pray for you. That Heavenly Father, would you watch over whoever it is that's feeling that way right now, that they may understand that you love them, that you don't have to change, and that you're whole and complete and um, that love will just wash over him. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Mark. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, Hey, thanks for having me on. We're going to have to um, move. Uh, if uh, it's DJ's House of Knit Wittery, <laughs> uh, is it get, like Mark's famous squirrels or something? I don't know. <laughs> we got to think of a good time. Or the target section. I don't know. <laughs> The look, oh, shiny stuff on, in the target section. On target with Pastor Mark. Oh, oh, no, no, oh, no. <laughs> that's I'm a good sure that's one. copyright. <laughs> on target. On target. It doesn't take too many on conversations to, with me to realize I'm not typically on target. Like, <laughs> right, right. On super target. With oh, oh, my. Mark Soul. Yes. Now with groceries. <laughs> <laughs> All right, DJ, let's hear your uh, right. well, uh, Ryan out. I was just going to say, we'll, we'll, we can always continue this in the next time because mm-hmm. we started some good conversations and maybe next time we'll, we'll continue them with sanctification and what you mm-hmm. brought up, Sarah. So, but that is uh, our time together on that podcast. Thank you to uh, the Reverend uh, Pastor Mark Soljum, Executive Pastor at Atonement for joining us today. That's a really long title. I think I should add DDS to the end of it or something, too. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like uh, On Super Target on with Super Target, uh, the yes. Reverend Mark Soldier. Yes. That be? Well, I, it's been riveting to be with oh, you today. Oh, that was wonderful. Oh. That yes. was wonderful. I've been listening to 
my friend Ryan. For <laughs> if you're looking for a place to worship or would like to know more about atonement, we encourage you to, to join us on Sunday mornings uh, in Fargo, 9 and 1030 on site and online in worship. Um, or you can check out uh, everything that's happening at atonement at atonementfargo.org, atonement.live. Um, or you can go on YouTube and do a search for Atonement Fargo, and you can find all of our previous podcasts as well as worship, plus all kinds of tomfoolery, hijinks, and fun stuff out there. So on behalf of Sarah DeYoung, Pastor Mark Soljum, my name is DJ Lura, and thanks for joining us for another splendid Ooh. episode Ooh. Splendid of that podcast. It's kind of smooth there. Mm-hmm. Splendid. Smooth. A little less loud on the way out. I don't yeah. hate it. <laughs>